You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt, part of Kindling Kids Radio. Is this photo going to massively embarrass them when they're 21? You just have to think about how people are going to use it, think about how it could be used, and then sort of reverse engineer your behaviour back from that. If you could put all the extracurricular activities within the school and have them run until 5 o'clock, that would be perfect. That's a great solution. You need to talk to the government, Nia. Were you out late or did you get to 9 o'clock at least? Mate, we were out till like 10.30. (gasps) Today, should schools scrap Mother's Day stalls? Presents, wins and fails for mums, teaching inattentive dads a lesson and kids apps that allow them to play with cosmetic surgery. Joining me today, we have Esty Zilba, who is the co-founder of Mum Milestones, and Nir Korn, who's a social researcher at the Korn Group. Esty, Nir, welcome. Hello. Before we start, um, I'm going to ask you to tell us a little bit about your kids. Esty, if we could start with you. So I have two kids, Jonah, who just turned four. And Frankie, who just turned, Frankie's a girl who just turned two. I like that. It's unisex. We did that. Unisex names. No one knows. Darcy, girl, boy. Oh, no. And she's in all Jonah's hand-me-downs. So it's, <laughs> it's very confusing to follow. That'll work people. until he's 12. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Near your children? Yes. I've got a 15-year-old stepson and a four-year-old son whom I took for a blood test this morning. <gasps> No pleasure there. No. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I have actually threatened Darcy with a blood test if she doesn't start eating her vegetables, and it it worked for a time. Mm, I would have done it for him if I could. I bet. But he's all right now. I think he'll survive. He'll survive. I I totally overcompensate in that area. I normally buy presents. Oh, there's lots of presents. (laughs) Lots of of presents after. Yeah, that's right. Oh, dear. And I especially felt I'd overdone it one year when um, they got the flu vaccination. And Daniel and I were so freaked out that they would be upset and destroyed. Um, I got him to go and buy these toys. He ended up buying, like, a massive doll for my daughter and a helicopter for my son. Right. once they had it done, neither of them cried. They were totally fine. I was like, can we, can can we, do we it give again? the, can yeah. we give we do the it again? toys to somebody else now? I lost so much sleep when Jonah had a blood test. I think he was about two and a half and he needed to have a blood test. And I just remember being up for so many hours the night before. And he went in and did not flinch, watched the whole thing go down. I was like, maybe he will be a doctor. Or a junkie. Yeah. <laughs> let's, it let's could go either former. way. It could go either way. Here. Well, we can agree. There's nothing worse than seeing your child in no. pain. I no, mean, nothing is worse it's than that. Awful. And you know he'll be fine, and you'll be thinking about That's it the right. rest of the day. That's, I'm the one who needs the therapy. Yeah. For yeah. yeah. <laughs> or like a big helicopter. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Where's my present? <laughs> you press the Where's button. Where's my chocolate croissant? <laughs> All right. Let's get into the show. First up, is scrapping Mother's Day a good idea? Then you better start swimming or you'll sink like a stone For the times they are a-changing So it was a Melbourne primary school who this week was in the firing line of many disgruntled people because they had said that they were changing Mother's Day to International Families Day The principal apparently sent out a newsletter to everyone saying, I believe celebrating International Day of Families is a more inclusive way of celebrating the richness, diversity and complexity of living and loving as a family in the modern world. Poor man, I can just imagine what he's suffered since then. And when we were talking about this in the office, 
two of my female colleagues came forward with stories about how at their school there were never enough mums to do the stall and someone actually suggested maybe that's why they scrapped it because mums were sick of doing their own Mother's Day stall. Um, and I thought maybe that's that could have been a reason or perhaps they were worried about kids that didn't have a mum for whatever reason. Um, Esty, what are your thoughts on this I story? just came from Mother's Day <laughs> at my um, um, Jonah's uh, kindy, so it's very raw. Um, <laughs> but look, I, I'm fine with it. Like, it was lovely when I walked into the room. It was, I was actually quite overwhelmed because it's, even though they call it Mother's Day, it wasn't Mother's Day. It was this really beautiful room full of people that had like clearly taken time off work. They weren't just mothers. They were mothers. They were aunties. They were grandmothers. There was a grandfather in the room. So I don't know that you need to officially rebrand it. Like it's a day where the kids get to hang out with a carer who loves them and they can show a level of appreciation. And I mean, this is the first Mother's Day I've actually been in the country for. I'm usually not here for Mother's Day. So that in and of itself is a really interesting thing. Like Mother's Day, is it just like a hallmark thing now where it's become so commercial and has moved away from what it was originally intended for anyway? Like I, I feel for this principle, I can understand what the intentions were there. And I guess... I also, I mean, I shouldn't be surprised that people just take to social media on this thing with their outrage. It's like, if you don't, if you don't like it, you can, you could probably have taken it up with the principal and had a conversation about the rebrand. Yes. I wonder if there was like <laughs> that, that, but for Jonah's Mother's Day, it was from the very beginning, you know, mums, grandmas, aunts, whoever, whoever mm. is available to come can just come in. I don't think it's something that needs to be taken quite so seriously. And I Mother's Day is on a Sunday, right? Like, yeah. technically, schools shouldn't have to do anything if yeah, they don't I know. want to. It's another thing, isn't it? Nia, what do you think? Look, there's a couple of points here. On the positive side, nobody gives mums a pat on the back. Nobody celebrates motherhood. One day a year, to let mums know that that big hug and cuddle and attention is so well-deserving has to be a beautiful thing. And then you go to this banning of Mother's Day, and I put this in the same class as banning Easter or Christmas at a school. And this issue, by the way, gets Australians more riled than most issues because it's too PC. It feels like in our efforts to help the minority or be kind to minority, we're taking away from the majority and their ability to celebrate. And to most people, it feels condescending. Of course, we care about kids who don't have a mother, but we make accommodation for that. And most schools and preschools are really good at doing that. And they say, bring a grandparent in, bring an uncle in, bring somebody else in. But geez, let the people celebrate. And and people feel that it's gone well too far. And I'll tell you the interesting thing about this. So if you look at banning of Easter in order to protect Buddhist and Muslim and Jewish students or whatever, you speak to the Buddhists and the Jews and the Muslim and they say, of course you should have Easter and Christmas. You're in a Christian country. Same thing. The people who don't have a mum, they would say... Let people celebrate. So I think this is an example where the principle, well-meaning, played into the hand of something that makes people very angry. Let mum celebrate Mother's Day and let's not be too PC about all of this. Or, or open up to a conversation about what is mum 
what is a family? Like, I, I think it really then you can start to have the conversation about why all families are different, all mums are different, they play different roles. I, I think there's room for that conversation absolutely without being so absolute about and it, it's actually interesting because uh, we had a facebook comment from ingrid which relates to what you were saying in particular near it says every child has a biological mother every child will have a yearning to understand how he or she was conceived every child will express a des- desire to know more about their mother every child will understand another child's desire to celebrate his own biological or adopted mother even those who have experienced loss will understand this yearning. No child or person is excluded from Mother's Day celebrations. Um, and, of course, we all have different takes on this. Um, Sarah says, my main objection to Mother's Father's Day is the entrenchment of dumb gem- gender stereotypes. I can relate to this. Mum get Mums get cakes. Dads get a barbecue. Mums get flowers. Dad gets novelty hats. It's usually well-meaning, but personally I don't think it's helpful and can be a real emotional minefield for families who don't fit the mould. I mean, if you look open any catalogue and I've said you know open a catalogue and I you know pink fluffy slippers it's like come on guys we've moved on Mm. so there's there's um lines around this and Emily says why not do both the more the more celebrations the better I say so Emily's up for like celebrations every week and let's add another day for people who do cool stuff without kids and another one for people who don't have kids of their own but do a load of stuff to love and care for them so (laughs) Schools can't do that much. And let's face it, we as parents of children at school don't want to do that much either. But there's a point there, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, no parent is asking for another mufti day with another gold coin. There <laughs> seems to be one every Tuesday and Friday. And, but look, my sense is that most schools are really cognizant. Most people, We've lived in an era now where people are sensitive. And, and it comes from a good place of the heart. Not because you're different, but because everything in society is different. There's all sorts of families, all sorts of family makeup. Let's allow for that and cater for it. And nobody feels excluded. Um, you know, when I speak to my clients, or advertisers tend to be, I tell them, at the very least, in all your communications, be inclusive. You see, you don't show nuclear family when that's not the norm around society. Just make it ambiguous. We don't know if there's a dad. We don't know if there's a mum. Just allow everyone to see into it. And I guess to allow them to feel comfortable in society, because it is true, by the way, that families that are made of single parents or divided, etc., do feel a bit judged in society, very judged in society, in fact. And they do feel different and they do feel eyes on them. So we do have to cater for that. But up to a point, of course. Yeah, and I think that sensitivity it comes back to. Um, I wrote an article for our blog about how motherhood is a much wider concept than what we see in advertising, and there will always be a sadness for people who've lost their mums, perhaps have lost a child. It, it, there are all sorts of things that come into play on Mother's Day that sensible mature adults will think about, and I would say most teachers are sensible, mature adults. Well, and it shouldn't really be starting with or the owner shouldn't be on the schools to be having those conversations. I think they start at home. And I mean, Virginia Trioli had like this uh, semi rant, I guess, but I, I think it really spoke to me where she was saying, you know, we build traditional mothers up so high that we get to the point that we forget that there are those who love and care or cannot have children. But, you know, that sense of a village and that it is not a mother doing it on her own, there's Mm -hmm. a place for that too. And I wouldn't expect a school to go into that, but I would 
love those conversations to be happening at home. And if, if for whatever reason school decided that they weren't going to do a Mother's Day, I think I'd be cool with that. I'd be far more upset if my husband didn't take it upon himself to go, this is like a special day for mum. Let's yeah. do something. You know, like <laughs> yeah. that's when like yeah. the proverbial would hit the fan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, you're listening to the parent panel on Kindling Conversation. We've invited two parents into the studio to get their thoughts on the stories and events of the, the week. Today, I'm joined by Esty Zilba, who's a co-founder of the Mum Milestone Cards, and Nia Korn, who's a social researcher at the Corn Group. Up next, par- present fails and wins on Mother's Day. Hey mum, happy Mother's Day from Lala and all of my friends here at Lala's Big Live Band. Kindling Conversation. Automat men grow cold as girls grow old and we all lose our charms in the end. But square cut or pear shape, these rocks don't lose their shape. Don't worry, Daniel, husband of mine, if you're listening, I am not saying that we need diamonds for Mother's Day. Far from it. I'm happy with my handmade card and maybe Vegemite toast in bed. But I also don't understand, as I mentioned earlier, a lot of Mother's Day catalogues that talk about getting fluffy slippers or something pink. Um, And (laughs) the idea of giving someone a toaster for Mother's Day baffles me. I mean, last Mother's Day, I think I got a charger for my phone and my husband thought that I was being really unfair, that I thought that was a bit unimaginative. (laughs) Bless him. He loves practical gifts. But we asked our um, people, our friends on Facebook, what they wanted most on Mother's Day. And basically they could choose between me time, sleep time, wine time and family time. And the survey winner, drum roll, no, wine. Family time. Wow. <laughs> no, no, no. That's crazy. I actually read an article um, on like a mum blog that was saying, as controversial as it is, like if I just feel like that was too public and that people felt like they needed to be PC. But yes. <laughs> what I, the, the overwhelming response was on Mother's Day, they don't want to be a mum. Like, they want to be made to feel like more than a mum on Mother's Day. We feel like mums every day so that the toast in bed, it's it's lovely, but like being Just granted, let me sleep in. Yeah, <laughs> being able to sleep in and have lunch with your girlfriends and not have to worry about what time you come home. That's a true luxury. A long lunch. Yeah. I mean, (gasps) that's a real, like, to just be given permission to be more than a mum on one day, ironically, is one of the strongest Mother's Day gifts you could really... Yeah, yeah. (laughs) We also know, though, that when you ask kids and when you ask parents, in fact, there's an ad at the moment doing the rounds, which exactly does this. You ask kids and parents if you could have time with anyone you could, anyone at all in the world. The kids choose parents, parents choose kids. We just don't have enough time that's not rushed. So when they say time together, they don't mean watching the kid playing a sport. They mean time to just do something as a family and enjoy each other. That's rare, you know. That's not so common. Yeah, but I, 
<laughs> I have to put my hand up as a mum and say that on I, I get what you're saying there and I think um, we're going away this weekend and one of my things about weekends away, which we never used to do, but what I love about doing that with the kids is not having to rush them out the door, is hanging out in our pyjamas, is letting them go to bed late, all of that stuff. You're right. I do really enjoy that. But <laughs> I do see Mother's Day as an IOU, like not as in mm. not saying that I'm the best mum in the world, but... If I can get one sleep in where I don't have to feel like we, we do that every weekend. My husband's sleep is in one weekend, one day I sleep in the other. But if I just know that that one day is sacrosanct, it's just an excuse for me. I've got to be, I've got to be honest, sleep. I do like flowers as much as I said, I don't like the traditional mother's day because I don't get it any other day. Mm. And I did, um, in terms of what mother's day means to people, for me, with young children, it's about having a break from that relentlessness and having That's an excuse right. to have a break because I would always feel guilty about taking that time for myself otherwise. Yep. Maybe it's about the fact that you know that every day you're thinking, about, okay, we've got to have dinner, we've got to have lunch, we've got to pack the school bag tonight. Yes. And, and maybe it's a day to not think of any of those things. Yes, I, I think that's I think that's very simple. I mean, Jason uh, Truen, who's our head of online here, he wrote a very funny guide for dads at, on the Kindling <laughs> blog. And, and look, I think he was very telling. I think he then had to go out and do something great for his own partner on Mother's Day. But he was basically saying, don't get the vacuum cleaner. And the funny thing was, although there were lots of posts underneath this article tagging their partner, so they read the article <laughs> about why you don't get the vacuum cleaner, um, we actually had Tanya commenting saying, if he got me one of those handheld Dyson vacuums, I'd let him get away with never buying me a gift again. I want one so bad. Mm. So you never oh know. Oh, my God, if he used the Dyson <laughs> vacuum cleaner, that would be... That's right, if it was for him. What about a lawnmower or a chainsaw or a Bunning voucher? Would that do? <laughs> no, Nia. St- have you got your Mother's Day present yet? I think we need to take your side after no, this. No, 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 no. I'm only being facetious. <laughs> I definitely understand the score. Yeah, and it's funny because I, I do understand the Dyson vacuum cleaner, though. There's something pretty special about having a decent vacuum cleaner with things. small children. But you're correct. The idea is he buys it with the intent that he uses it. I think, yeah. It's, it's out of bounds. <laughs> it's that one step further, I think, that, that is, it's like seems really obvious and it's quite simple. But if you want to make it about her, then really make it about her. It's, it's, and the, the really interesting thing is I read that Mother's Day was started by someone who was trying to commemorate her mother who had passed. So it actually was never about gifts at all and was all about, I don't know if she had children herself, but certainly since having my own, there's like this newfound appreciation of what the hell my mom had to do. Like I was like, I still remember calling her one night at like some stupid hour to say like, I just got it. I'm so sorry. Like I'm standing in, like I've got my own child's poo on me, and I've ha- haven't had any sleep. And you did this for so long for no thanks. Like it's taken thirty plus years for it to come full circle mm. for me to get it. And that was actually why Mother's Day was started. And like somewhere along the lines, well, I guess Hallmark got wind of it, and <laughs> and, and it kind an of snowballed from there. But 
I do hope this Mother's Day, actually, I can go back to that idea of being truly grateful that I had someone to raise me the best she could. But, you know, Mm. presents are all nice. Look, it's good to give a present. It's appreciative. But ultimately, I think the way we look at Mother's Day is exactly as you just spoke. It's just a recognition. You know, you say Hallmark, and yes, it's cliches, but there's a time and place where cliches fit perfectly. And Mother's Day is the time to say all those things that go unsaid all it's year like a round in appreciation, which you don't say every day because we neglect to. But hold on, let's focus for a moment. Let's think about it and say, wow, great job. And there's something beautiful about that. Yeah, I agree. You're listening to the Parent Panel on Kindling Conversation. I'm Siobhan Hunt and my guests today are Esty Zilber, co-founder of Mum Milestones and Near Corn, social researcher at the Corn Group. And we've all seen the social posts telling parents to get off their phones in the park and pay attention to their kids. Now there's a video that's gone viral where a mum pranked her partner in a very chilling way. That's up next. Father of mine, tell me where have you been? You know I just closed my eyes, my whole world disappeared. Oh, Japan. Oh, we're back on air. <laughs> we're starting to have our little chat. Um, have you ever seen, uh, have you ever been on your phone in a playground? I challenge you to say no. I really do. I, I admit to it myself. Apart from the fact that for some parents... Parks, dare I say, can be mind-numbingly boring boring places if you're not the one on the swing. Sometimes you could be texting a sick friend, responding to an urgent work email, writing a list for your shopping that day, but it can still be a problem. Now, a viral video is going around of a mum who pranked her husband. I think it was in America. It was basically that he was at the park with his kid. He was on his phone. Apparently, the scenarios that she paid a friend that he didn't know was a stranger to both he and the child who came up, offered the child lollies and basically very quickly took him away. My question is, was this a community service announcement? It was chilling how quickly it all happened. Or is it humiliating and demonizing a dad and basically just putting more onto parents who are already paranoid about losing sight of their kids? Neil, what's your take on this story? Yeah, look, I I think there is a great story to be told about getting off the phone and being present and just enjoying the kids. I think the fact that it was related to the danger of abduction is very sad because we've spoken about this last time, I think, that... We exaggerate the danger. I could tell you this this morning at breakfast, my four-year-old said to me, kids do get abducted, don't they? Because that's what his cousin, who's seven, told him based on a news story. I don't want him to feel that. And yes, it happens. It's a, it, it, do you know what I mean? Statistically, it's impossible. I wish the focus wasn't on the fact that if you don't concentrate, your kid's going to be abducted rather than if you don't concentrate, you're going to miss your kid climbing to the top and cheering. You know, and we've all seen kids at, the, at their kids' sport, parents at their kids' sport, you know, or their heads are down and every now and then they'll lift their head and go, 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 run, run, and they're back to whatever <laughs> yes. they're doing. And it's all about just be present. And that's what kids are saying. I just want you to be present without your phone, without concentrating on something else at the same time 
same time. Just focus on us and me. So I like the idea. I don't like the whole abduction thing about it. Mm. Yes, you can. Yes, it's easy to distract. You can find a distracted parent. We've all been distracted at times. Let's not tie it into scaring the bejesus out of us. And it would have terrified me. Esty, what's your take on this I video? I really hated that video. Like, it made me uncomfortable to watch it. Not not even, I mean, yes, the abduction, but also like the nature of their relationship. I found it, I found it really upsetting. Like I was like, if you've got a problem with your husband on the phone, this or your partner or your baby daddy, like this is, this is a conversation. Also, like it's what you said at the beginning. If that woman has never sat on her phone while there's been like a kid near a hot stove or in the bath or in a playground, like hats off to her because definitely like we have those moments where parenting is boring and you want to be present but actually like you also just want to switch off for five seconds and see what happened on Facebook I only recently took the Facebook app off my phone and it's been like very liberating and I don't miss it (laughs) I don't miss it at all but for that very reason that I would find myself in a park going ah I didn't care about any of those things that I just that I just scrolled through I didn't need to do that I could have been present with my child and and, and your and, child really wants you to watch yeah you. yeah absolutely oh absolutely they, they, they you know. mommy look what i did look what yeah. well there definitely there's people that agree with you i mean kathy wrote not necessary she then says what about the countless number of mothers you see doing the same thing and not engaging with their child um but uh, alice is quite strong she says i hate this so much more fear-mongering kids don't need us watching them like hawks every second of the day in fact there's plenty of research that shows that it's doing them real harm to our kids they're becoming risk adverse and anxiety ridden because we show them with our actions and words that the world is a scary dangerous place the self-righteous comments on the video fill me with despair uh (laughs) nicole says would have been better to focus on how bloody lonely that poor kid is on the playground all by himself (laughs) which i agree with the video he's just not much fun for a kid And he says, uh, Nicole says, while dad sits with his head in his phone, no wonder he wandered off with an attentive stranger. It's a playground, dad. Get up and play. Um, So there's lots of of comments on this. It's a really interesting topic. I mean, there is a bigger question here, which is all about our addiction to technology. How do we switch off? It's something we're all contemplating. We all know we're guilty of. We have no solution to. And we do. Our kids lack adventure. They lack the ability to explore the neighborhood. It's only they're allowed to do it within a safe zone where they're dropped off. And yes, obviously something has to be lost in the process. And we should lament that. Well, yeah, I mean, also I'm finding now, we don't own an iPad. I hope we never do. But that idea of screen time and trying to have one set of rules for your kids who then watch you on your screen, it's like there's a big, you know, there's inconsistency there. And I guess... I, you know, I don't want to be seen as a hypocrite when, once they're old enough to understand the nature of, you know, do what I say, not what, what I, I do. T- yeah. Tell me what do you think of this. I, I, I deal with this. So, you know, in the old days, I would have sat at breakfast and read the paper. Right. Mm. Now I sit and I read the phone. Yes. But I have to make sure the four-year-old understands that daddy's reading the newspaper. He's not just frivolously doing stuff. And there is no demarcation line when you're frivolous and okay. Oh, but even that, like, I, I remember the first time Jonah said, are you just doing a work email? Now, I don't even remember if I was or if I wasn't, but the fact that he knew to ask that, I was like, 
Oh, I wish that he didn't know that that was even a thing. a thing, like that I hadn't gotten to the point. Because certainly, like, in my parents' day, they wouldn't have been mm. constantly working. Like, I think, always. Nia, you just gave a really good call for why we need newspapers (laughs) and time without screens. That's right. You're listening to The Parent Panel. We'll be back after this short break talking about apps for kids that involve plastic surgery. You're listening to Kindly Conversation. (laughs) Baby behaving badly. Join Mothercraft expert Chris Minogue every Monday at midday as she tackles your tricky questions about getting your baby to sleep, settle and feed. Visit kindling.com.au to ask a question or scan for Kindling on your digital radio to listen. Hello, Mum. I love you. Have a good Mother's Day from Mabel. This is The Parent Panel. I'm Siobhan Hunt. My guests today are Esty Zilber, co-founder of Mum Milestone Cards, and Nia Korn, social researcher at the Corn Group. And uh, the digital world can be, I think, a scary wild west when it comes to our kids. I saw a story this week about um, some games on the market that allow children to take part in cosmetic surgery. Now, I can't think of anything worse. I don't know any parent who would be okay with their child playing this game. But I'm also wondering if I'm a bit naive. I remember having conversations with friends about Botox and I had no idea how common it was. That the people you were talking to had Botox. (laughs) (laughs) No, but they, not necessarily, there was actually one guy I was talking to in a toy shop a toy shop and he was talking about how his staff didn't know he got angry anymore because he was getting injections in his forehead and I walked away going how what what just happened then and what am I missing that this is so common he doesn't mind having a conversation with me uh, a customer and and then I started asking friends and they're like oh yeah mm-hmm. it's just common and I know that um, they those things Botox and lip fillers are called procedures as, mm-hmm. a, as opposed to you know cutting your face etc but I'm wondering is it so normal now that um, mums are okay with their kids playing these kinds of games I mean Nia you've you've got a mm. good take on what's going on so it is normal it's normal for people to say if I don't like something and I can change it, I should do so. It's taking control and ownership and doing it. So that's as an adult. At the same time, the level of anger, and you expressed it well in your introduction, at anything that makes kids grow up too fast or sexualize, you know, if you had a referendum about it, that would not only delete the app, they'd hang and quarter the people who make it. Just leave the kids alone. You know, um, Parents used to be able to shield their kids from so much of the world. It was easy to do because the media didn't infiltrate. So you could shield it quite well. Today, parents realize, I really can't shield it. What my kids are exposed to is actually horrible. They can't deal with it. They're not emotionally equipped to do so. What I'd like to do then, I have to talk to them about it. But geez, I'm not going to let them be exposed to things that are so far beyond them and Look, any clothes that sexualize kids, any makeup, any app, 
that makes them not let them just be kids really draws enormous anger, enormous, mm. and it's a real one. Esty, what are your thoughts? I mean, I get what you're like. When I saw it, I was like, no, just no. Like, <laughs> yes. I didn't have much more to say than that. Like, I was like, clearly it's no. And then I went to that place that you went to, which is like, well, I was a kid once and I wanted to push boundaries and I wanted to be older than I was. And, and is is this going to be that? Is this just a way of children, like, wanting to be older than they are? And I, I still, like, I cannot reconcile myself with it and... When you say, like, who, which parent would want this for their child, the only answer I have are the people that developed and are selling the app. So I'm sure that the head of Google Apps and iTunes are, like, sleeping fine at night. They've somehow managed to tell themselves that it's okay that this doesn't have an 18-plus, like, lock on it. I don't, clearly don't know how these apps work, but, but th- that's, those are the only parents I can imagine that have somehow told themselves that this is okay. This is okay. Yeah, it's, it's hard to imagine me, any parent letting the child play with it. But mm. here's the thing, you know, because we talk about parents doing it. You know, parents do it to feel good about themselves. At the same time, what mums are trying to teach their kids be happy with who you are, love your body, which is why mums talk endlessly about having to watch their words and not be a hypocrite. How can I teach my child to love who they are when I don't love who I am? And that's a great conundrum because if I'm not convinced and I really want my child to like themselves, I don't want them to develop a body image issue. I want them to like who they are. This does not help. No, it certainly doesn't. <laughs> Look, before we go um, today, I, I do, everyone starts looking a bit nervous when I talk about this, but I love to ask parents about lullabies mm. and either the ones they were sung to when they were a child or ones they might sing to their children today. Esty, do you have any favourites? Well, yeah, we, we're a bit non-traditional in our house. So my husband does most of the lullaby singing to Jonah and it's like become an epic Medley. Um, but my favourite thing is his like reworked version of Ice Ice Baby, <laughs> which is just amazing. Can you give us a rendition? It's I just a very slow down version of it. So it's like, all right, stop, collaborate and listen. Like it's just like a very slow down version of it because when you're new parents, you don't necessarily know the whole gamut. So you go with what you know, you slow it right down and it seems to work. <laughs> but when I was in preschool, like the graduating concert, the final number that we all did for the parents was the Rainbow Connection by oh, Kermit the Frog. Nice. So that is the last thing that both my kids hear before they go to sleep. And again, because like that wasn't the song that my husband sang at his graduation <laughs> preschool. Like it's a weird warped no, version. He did like, Nirvana. I can yeah, I mean I can hear it through the walls as he's doing it. I'm like, those are so not the words. But it's, <laughs> it's fine. Um, so that's yeah, that's kind of how we roll in our house. Nir, how about you? Yeah, so mine's not obvious either because I grew up in Israel as a kid so my all my nursery rhymes and lullabies were in Hebrew in fact so I obviously want to share those same ones with my child and that's what I do 
Having said that, I'm completely tone deaf, and the child <laughs> knows it, and I'm not allowed to sing. Oh, no oh. singing. The exception is once a year he says I can sing happy birthday to him. <laughs> You're kidding. No, You've it's been very banned sad. I've been banned. Oh, yeah. no. And, and I thought it would happen when he's seven or eight or nine, but at such a young age, Four. it's not fair. That is so mean. Me. <laughs> you know, that's funny that you say about growing up in Israel, because we do twinkle, twinkle, cock of him. Yeah. She won't. So that's twinkle, twinkle, little star in Hebrew, but she doesn't want the like she doesn't want the Australian like the English Hebrew is such a beautiful language too okay I'm gonna have to have a chat to your son Nir Um, (laughs) thank you so much for coming in today a real pleasure thank Thank you you. that was Esty Zilber co-founder of the mum milestone cards and Nir Korn social researcher at the Korn group the parent panel will be back next Friday from midday that's all from us this week a big thanks to Elise Cooper our amazing producer I'll be back on Monday have a very beautiful Mother's Day You've been listening to Kindling Conversation. If you enjoyed it, there's plenty more where that came from. Find other stories and interviews at our website. Just head to kindling.com.au. You've been listening to a Kindling Conversation podcast. We'd like to reach as many parents as possible, and you can help us by giving us a review wherever you downloaded this episode. It means that more people can find us. I'm Siobhan Hunt. See you next time.